0: All you have to do is look across Munfield to our basketball arena, and you, you see how championships are made.
1: Players play, tough players win. It's downtown. breaking with the basket up, and it's in! Defense by Michigan State is on the wheel right now. Dawson, out to Harris for a three ball, he got it! good? It's
0: good! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is the Impact Zone with your host, Andrew Hayes.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Impact Zone. My name is Andrew Hayes, hosting again. I'm back, finally. In a couple, I guess it hasn't been that long, technically, since we've released one of these bad boys, but it's been a couple weeks since we've recorded one. With you, as always, is Blake Froling Blake, how are you?
0: I could be better, Andrew. It's snowing like a mother out there and uh coming off a loss, not the best, but hey, we're back in the studio, so that always makes me
1: feel good. It's always warm in here hmm um yeah this this whole like full on winter in the middle of November thing is not okay like that's that's straight up not gonna work um we are uh. We're gonna have to do something about that pretty quick. They're calling it
0: November
1: That's not. I mean, that's not even funny, dude. It's just a fact. It's not cool. Um. Anyway, it's always it's always warm in the studio, and it's always warm in the Spartan basketball arenas. Although it has cooled off a little bit, Michigan State lost pretty bad. Well, not pretty bad. I think Michigan State did okay last night against uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Um, before we get to that, though. Uh, we have a couple other games that we have yet to talk about. First one uh, I want to touch on real quick. The first thing I want to touch on real quick is uh, just the exhibition season. Michigan State came out unscathed, obviously, or not obviously, I should say. As expected, they came out unscathed, um, had their first win against the Masters College and the legend, Russell Bird, uh, winning that game 97-56, to second game against St. Cloud State, won that one 101-46. I mean, Michigan State did what they were supposed to do in those exhibition games, right? I
0: think that's exactly right. I mean, the only notable thing out of those two games would probably be the legend. Um, What do you put up, like 19 three-pointers?
1: He threw up, I believe, 20 shots. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to watch, actually. Yeah, he was—he had 19 three-pointers, 22 <laughs> shots from the floor. Um, he, What did we put the un- over-under at?
0: I can't remember. I think we set it around, like, 25? Is that was what
1: it? we said? I don't remember. We'd have to go back and check the tape. But it was probably, I think we were somewhere right in there. Yeah, Russell Bird played 38 minutes, had 22 p- points. 6 of 19 from the three-point arc, and <laughs> 7 of 22 from the field. That was awesome to watch. And it wasn't really... It was bad basketball. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't fun for the right reasons, but it was cool that he went in there and uh, and you know he came back and just said, "Hey guys, I'm back. I, I just want to have one last hurrah." And he kissed the he kissed the center court and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. The second game, really, the only thing of note from St. Cloud State was uh, Tom Izzo's nephew has the worst <laughs> haircut ever, ever. Oh, it's so bad. Uh, For those of you who didn't see that game, uh, Tom Izzo's uh, nephew plays for St. Cloud State. His name, I believe, is Matt. Oh, man, I can't remember his last name. His name is Matt. uh, And uh, he has what appears to be like a Macklemore-type haircut, so shorter on the sides, longer on top. And he had it up in a ponytail right on top of his head. And I just wanted to sneak up on the bench and cut it off. (laughs) so bad. <laughs> that should be the picture for the Impact Izzo,
0: I think. <laughs> just, just put it right you up know
1: I'll see what I can do. That might be our, our new logo. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, Tom Izzo's nephew from St. Cloud State. But uh, let's talk regular season now because as, as much fun as the exhibition season was, the regular season has been exactly the opposite of fun. It's been nerve-wracking and uh, mm-hmm. and even ugly. Uh, when it comes to yesterday. We'll start with the Maryland game. Michigan State, this, or not Maryland, I keep saying Maryland. Blake and I traveled uh, to Annapolis, Maryland with the uh, football crew to uh, to cover that game out at Navy, uh, which, first of all, was incredible.
0: Oh, stunning campus.
1: Just unbelievable campus. Um, we, uh, we got to walk around it a little bit, and, uh, yeah, it was... I mean, it's right on the water. The stadium was—I re- mean, the stadium wasn't that big, but it was very, very cool looking on mm-hmm. the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was that was a pretty cool event. And and if you ever want to feel like we got the biggest, most badass military ever, go see a sporting event at a at a service school because they uh, they really make it awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. You should see their football stadium too. Oh. Magnificent in the front.
1: Yeah. So, oh, excuse me. Michigan State escaped the Naval Academy. That's, uh, I believe that's the way I put it in the recap, and that is putting it lightly. Uh, Michigan State should have lost that game, probably.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they, they ended up winning it um, by a final of 64 59, but there was nothing. Michigan State, by the end of the exhibition season, looked polished or if not polished, then at least cohesive enough that they were going to be able to give some teams some trouble early on in the season, mm-hmm. a lot more than I thought they were going to. They didn't as, looked as discombobulated as I thought it was going to be. Um, they looked, Michigan State looked promising. And then Navy happened. Now, I will say this, and this is one thing that I've kind of forgotten about, or I had kind of forgotten about, That was a true road game for Michigan State. And as as bad or as, or I should say it this way, as bad as Navy is perceived to be, that's still a road game in college basketball. And that's never easy to do. No matter who your opponent is, crazy things can happen.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why the bigger schools, Duke, Syracuse, they never play true road games before the conference season. And it really pisses me off because (laughs) that's how you really find out what kind of team you have and. It's only going to help you going into the conference season.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, but I think that's one thing that Tom Izzo does a great job of, and that's one thing that he's not afraid of, and he knows that it might hurt his team in the short run, but in the long run, it'll make them better. And that way, because you know, even those, I, I feel like those are those throwaway losses late in the year. The when it comes down to tournament time, the oh yeah, Michigan State lost a an early road game to a a lesser opponent but that's kind of throw away Mm -hmm. what have they done lately
0: right that's the main thing that the committee looks at and and even when they win they say well they they play on the road they get these true road games that shows that they're just a tougher team
1: absolutely but anyway back to the game uh travis trice won michigan state (sighs) that game plain and simple there's that's that's not overstating it that's not uh That's not putting too much praise on one guy. Travis Trice won Michigan State that basketball game. Uh, He went for 25 points, played 34 minutes, which is a lot for him. Um, He had uh, five boards and five assists. Just took over in the second half. I think he scored 17 of the team's 28 second-half points, if I remember right. Um, Yeah, just uh, that, that game does not end happy for Sparty if Travis Trice is not on the court.
0: Well, the one thing that really surprises me the most about Travis Trice is how aggressive he's really being on the court with his scoring. Last year, he was more of a facilitator because he was in that backup role, so he just got the stars the ball all the time, and I was afraid that that mindset would carry over to this year when they need him to really step up, And and really, he's He's done a perfect job for Michigan State, especially with with Brandon Dawson disappearing in the second half and Valentine only scoring five points on one of five shooting from deep. Forbes only one of eight shooting on the night, which that could be attributed to his hand problem, and of course, the worst news of all: your boy Alvin Ellis going down with the sprained ankle.
1: Then I just figure, yeah, I mean. Yeah, really I should be apologizing to Alvin because I should have known that the moment I hitched my cart to him, <laughs> he was going down for sure and uh I have no excuse for this. It's just the way that it goes. If I think you're gonna do well, you're not, which is why <laughs> I never uh root or I never pick Michigan State in anything or rarely pick Michigan State for things because I just assume that my heart's going to be ripped out at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, Alvin Ellis goes down. Um, from what I've heard, Tom Izzo's quote was it didn't look good. Um, but I I haven't heard anything other than it's swelled up huge, mm-hmm. and uh, he has not been able to practice on it much. Um, he the quote I believe was he will be extremely. Uh, limited. If he plays, or if he was going to play last night, it would have been sh- very limited. He didn't get any time last night. No,
0: really. I did not see him on the court. Okay,
1: I, I ask. I, I will admit, I watched most of the game last night, but I had a I had another job uh, to uh, to do while while the game was on. So Blake had to do the recap and and do all the the tough stuff. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Navy game was ugly, and Michigan State looked like they lost their ability to or willingness no ability to cover a ball screen, which is bizarre. Especially because that's one thing that Izzo has harped on so much mm-hmm. about Costello and Schilling is they defend the ball screen so well and that was non existent in Annapolis.
0: And I think a good word to use to describe the midshipmen was pesky because mm-hmm. they just kept hounding and hounding Michigan State the whole game. And even when State would pull away in the second half, you'd think, all right, this is when they're going to make their run, game's over. Navy always came back and made those runs. And it, it wasn't like, like, a, like a quick thing. It was just gradual. They just kept coming at you. And it was it was kind of frustrating to watch mm-hmm. because their defense was just so tight and they just wouldn't go away. And, and I think Coach Izzo said that's because of their service mentality, maybe. That, that could have been attributed to it. And they really made a game out of it. I mean – In those last couple seconds, they had a chance to to tie the game. Absolutely,
1: That was one thing that I thought was impressive about that game was Navy acted like they were being disrespected by Michigan State even being in their building, which I thought was impressive, and not because of anything that Michigan State did, but just because everyone already thought, okay, Michigan State, come into Navy, this will be blowout, whatever. I think that kind of got into their heads because watching that game, they seemed... They seem to be taking that game personally, and that was awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wish Michigan State had played like that. So that was one thing that Izzo talked about in his post game press conference. Was uh, somebody asked him, you know, did your team look past Navy and maybe onto the Duke matchup? And Izzo said, usually I would kind of give you that excuse and allow you guys to run with it, but this is the first game of the regular season, which I completely agree with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't. If you can't get out for the first game of the regular season, I don't care if you're playing my eighth grade basketball team. That you you are excited for a new season. You're mm-hmm. jacked up just to be back out and have games matter again. So I yeah I, I anybody who says that I think is over or is trying to bail Michigan State out for just not playing well.
0: Mm-hmm. And don't forget Navy's star player Worth Smith. He That's got right. hurt in the first half, only had seven points. So if he stays healthy that whole game, we could be looking at an own two Spartans team right now.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit of a head scratcher really. And like I said, if Travis Trice doesn't come in with twenty five, that game is that game is incredibly sad. And you look at some of the stats, Brandon Dawson scoring two points in the second half is is mind blowing. It seems
0: like he was regressing to the Brandon Dawson of old where we talked about the questions with his motor. He just kind of blended it into the background, kind of similar to in football where you try to get
1: blocked and just mm-hmm.
0: let the other team run all over
1: you. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on there because I, I, I wish I would pay better attention to it, and I, that's something that i got to start doing is if I don't see Brandon Dawson score in like – four straight possessions, I'm just going to start watching him mm-hmm. and figure out why is this happening. What is he doing differently when he goes on those stretches of just straight-up disappearing? Where does he go to? What is what is the defense doing differently? What is he doing differently? What is his team doing differently that causes him to just not do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> for 15-minute stretches?
0: And he looked good and really good in the first looked half. Incredible. He had a couple alley-oops. He was running the floor he was poised to have a breakout game and then just nothing. It was, it was really weird.
1: And that's the other thing, you know, that game, he, he showed off that turnaround a little bit. And that's something that he's Mm -hmm. been exhibiting more frequently, which I really like. Um, it gives him, you know, one more weapon where defenders can't just go straight for that drop step. Mm -hmm. They gotta, they gotta respect and stay up on him. Um, but two points in the second half after scoring ten in the first is just—it's not—it's not enough from him. No. And if you want to score, I would rather have him score six points in each half. So right. at least that way the defense is more worried about him. Because mm-hmm. you score—you score two points in a period—they're gonna stop. They're gonna forget about you for a little while.
0: Yeah, and the outside shooting was was not the greatest either. Without Travis Trice, I mean, you look at Valentine going one for five. Ellis had only he was 0 for 1, and Forbes going 1 for 6. They were going to start clogging the paint, and especially if Dawson was there. But now they had nowhere to go when when uh, the three point shot was wasn't falling. So it really just kind of stagnated the offense in the second half. And Navy actually outscored Michigan State in the second.
1: Well, you know what happened in that second half? That I don't know if you noticed this, but this is something that I thought uh, Navy changed uh, mid game. They started guarding Michigan State from sideline to sideline and about five feet after Michigan State crossed half court. They said, if you're going to beat us, it's going to be inside. You're going to have to drive the lane. You're going to have to have your big men score points. And that's when Michigan State really had some trouble, and that's when Travis Trice shined because he was the only one who was able to hit the three ball. Exactly. But you look at it, and if you take away Bryn Forbes, so then you've got seven. All right. So let's leave – so Travis Trice has got, what, a quarter of – yeah, he's got – or no, he's got almost a third of Michigan State's three-point attempts. Michigan State did not have many three-point attempts at all in mm-hmm. that game. They had 19 total. That's Russell Byrd numbers by himself. <laughs> um, but that was – I think that was a big part of it. And Forbes being so inconsistent in that game um, and Denzel being – Whatever the heck he was, that was ugly. Two for um, ten.
0: That yeah. is ugh.
1: But I I do give credit, and that was one thing they kept saying, and one thing that you had to keep in perspective was Navy played a heck of a ball game. Mm-hmm. They 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 gave Michigan State absolutely everything that they had, um, and I think if Michigan State plays better, that's still a closer game than people would have expected. But Michigan State beats them by a lot. Um. Yeah, God, and then the best part was after the game, uh, we went back to College Park, back to the campus of Maryland University, uh, got a little bit of shut-eye, just a little bit, <laughs> and then uh, we, had, we headed to the campus of the University of Maryland and uh, walked around with the football boys, uh, Dan Tyler and Brad Allen, and that was just an absolute blast.
0: So fun to see to just talk to a bunch of people from around the area, none of whom went to the University of Maryland, of course.
1: What in it, the world was
0: that? I, I think we saw more people from Villanova
1: than we did from Maryland. I, it was the most bizarre thing. We would ask people, hey, uh, do you know where? And not we weren't asking for, like, small things. We weren't asking, you know, where one parking spot in some random lot on this campus was we were trying to find out where the fraternity tailgate was nobody had any idea (laughs) i swear to god we walked around maryland's campus like five times and i'm not even exaggerating much on that number just trying to find this godforsaken tailgate and nothing and then by the time we got there it was already too late so we just had to let brad and uh dan go to the game and then blake and i went and ate pizza at a sketchy sketchy place yeah, we yeah. Mm-hmm. we really painted that town. We uh, we, we had some fun we ended up th- in some weird spots. Here's here was our progression. So because my co-host is or my yeah, I guess I have to go with co-host because mm-hmm. my other the other host of the impact is on. There we go. The other host of the impact is on. Blake Froling is not 21 years old uh, and does not have any documentation that would tell someone otherwise. Um, so. We were unable to get into any of the local watering holes in College Park, so then we had to go to a pizza place, uh, and that pizza place didn't have the uh, football game, and then we had to go to a Korean barbecue place, which was just weird. (laughs) That's not, like, that wasn't where I wanted to watch a football game.
0: No, it was kind of weird. I've never been in a Korean barbecue before. Yeah. But they did have some out-of-this-world popcorn. That was some of the
1: best popcorn Ooh. I've ever had in my entire Yum. life. I don't know Yum. what they did to it, but it was fantastic. Probably just put it in the microwave. Yeah, and then we just ended up back at the hotel room because oh, the no. game was – Oh, yeah, we stopped at a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, we went to a bowling alley because we thought we might – Yeah, and then that was no good either. Yeah, we – yeah, that was, a, that was a weird evening, but mm-hmm. Michigan State football won. Thank God because we didn't was... need one more disappointment no. there. Speaking of disappointments, uh the most recent game, Michigan State basketball losing to the Duke Blue Devils, 8171. Uh before we move any further, quick round of applause for my Thank for you. the other host of the Thank impact you. is our Blake Froling Not too often do we in the uh sports uh, communications world, get predictions pretty much close to dead on. But Blakey pulled it off for this Michigan State-Duke game. In his pregame write-up, he predicted that Michigan State would lose 82-70, one point off. Blake, how does it feel?
0: You know, Andrew, I'm honestly not surprised by it. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew this day was coming. Like, I'm, I'm an expert now, being with you. All your knowledge, just, obviously, is just rubbing off on me. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been close at all. <laughs> So it's it's been a long time coming. Let me tell you, and it won't be the last time. That's for sure.
1: That that speech was all over the place, but you know what? <laughs> I'll give it to you because I was I was downright impressed when I saw it today. But mm-hmm. to the game, uh, I didn't. You know what? I will say this: Michigan State did a heck of a lot better than I thought they were going to. I I predicted a fifteen to twenty point Michigan State loss. I was expecting just just an just a bloodbath really is is the best way i can describe it is yeah I, the biggest thing was i got so worried about jalil Okafer, mm-hmm. and i thought he was going to go for like 60 last night for sure but michigan state did okay on him i mean he scored 8
0: points in the first 5 minutes that's when i was like uh-oh mm-hmm. we are in some deep you know what Right. But after that, they pretty much held him in check. They must have made some defensive adjustments on him. I mean, well, he did go 8 for 10 from the field, so can't really chalk that up to good defense. But they they did. they, they I think foul trouble helped him a lot too. He picked up his fourth foul with about seven minutes left in the game,
1: but Michigan State couldn't capitalize at all. The thing that I like about... See, I, I'm not really going to worry too much about a big man, especially a guy that's that size. I'm not going to worry about, too much about his field goal percentage because he's putting in stuff mostly from five feet and shorter, mm-hmm. and there's that's that's a tough shot to block. And if he's getting it off, it should go in realistically. Mm-hmm. So that didn't concern me too much. I like that he only got ten shots from the floor and only took two free throws. Mm-hmm. That means Michigan State played fairly good defense, forcing him to kick the ball elsewhere. But that's the problem with that guy is he finds open people. So that's why he ends up with three assists on the night. Is that right? Am I looking at the right line? Yep. Or no, I guess he only had one assist. But the guy knows where to move the ball, Mm -hmm. and he knows – when a double team's coming, where where to move the ball to expose that, and and I think he did a good job of that last night.
0: And he could basically close his eyes and pass to any one of his teammates, <laughs> and he'd hit a McDonald's All American. Mm-hmm. Oh it's yeah, that just, helps too. Just ridiculous the weapons that Duke has, and you kind of I I wasn't surprised watching the game. Michigan State was down about ten to thirteen points basically the whole time. They'd make a couple runs and cut it close, but Duke actually led. All forty minutes, wire to wire.
1: I was wondering about that. Yes, because I saw Duke scored the first two buckets, and mm-hmm. I thought, okay, Michigan State's not getting the lead here. No,
0: they never had the lead, and it was just kind of like you accepted it mm-hmm. that they were going to lose, that they weren't going to make a comeback because Duke was just too talented. You can't, you physically can't cover that many star players at once. You're, they're always going to find the open man, and they did, and it's just Im- impossible. To beat that I mean it's it's just mind-boggling the amount of talent they have
1: it is and see uh, like I said my analysis on this game is is less than what it would usually be because I didn't get a chance to sit down mm-hmm. and watch the whole thing which is really frustrating to me but I promise I'll do better next time um, I do like the numbers I do like the off uh, I'll put it this way I do like the offensive numbers from uh trice Dawson and Valentine they had good games mm-hmm. um, in terms of point production. Dawson going for almost a double double and a big game from Dawson in a matchup that I could definitely see him disappearing in. He he shined on a big stage, which is what you need from your seniors and especially a senior like him, uh, Travis Trice. That's the kind of game they need from him every single night.
0: Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna carry the scoring load more than you think. He, the whole offense runs through him, mm-hmm. and if he's clicking, Michigan State's clicking. And against almost any other team in the nation, if they play like this, they're going to win. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and that's the thing is uh, I like, and that's, that's what I like about Travis Trice is like in that Navy game. He's not wor- he's not worried about what role he has to play in this offense. He wants to win basketball games. So if the rest of his team's messing around or not able to hit the shots they need to make in order to win a basketball game, Trice has no problem this year with just saying, give mm-hmm. me the basketball, I'm going to go try to win this. Which is good, kind of. I don't know that he's a talented enough player to do that. Just from, he's not the type that's going to go hard to the hoop. He's going to let loose floaters. And things like that. Um because he's not big and I don't know that he knows how to get his body in mm-hmm. uh Derek Rose like positions to snap his knee and upset an entire I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> to draw that contact and, you know, get the free throws and things like that. I d I don't see that in Travis Trice's game very no. much.
0: He has zero free throws too. That's exactly. another reason you can see that. But mm-hmm. I did like to see his aggressiveness of of taking the game over offensively where there were a couple of trips where he came down, ran down the court and pulled up right away and Mm -hmm. hit a, hit a jump shot. Yep. And I think last year you would definitely 100% would never see that from Travis Trice.
1: Yeah. Um, so you like that. The one thing, those three also had 10 turnovers between the three of them and that's got to go. You can't have a, a four to one ratio for Trice—that's not bad for his assisted turnover, but you don't want to. See, you'd like to see it better, and then Valentine's just was brutal with turnovers. He had five on the game out of the team's thirteen, so uh, better than a thirty-year turnovers coming from one player—that hurts a lot.
0: And Denzel Valentine has a history of turnover problems. Uh-huh. He's been
1: yanked out of
0: a lot of games for that turnover problem, but. Duke did play some phenomenal defense As, again going back to that star power they have they were so deep and everybody can play including defense so you can chalk it up to be, to playing one of the best teams in the nation for all those turnovers but but five against anybody that's just inexcusable
1: yeah it's so i mean that's really what killed them is you can't turn the ball over and that that right there's the difference is mm-hmm. Michigan State had to play a near perfect game to beat Duke yesterday and thirteen turnovers is not gonna cut nope. him. And that's one less than they gave uh UConn last year for the record.
0: And can we talk about Tum <sighs> there? See, he I'd like to. <laughs> I can tell you have something to say. So I'll just get my two cents in and then you it. can you can uh go off whatever you want to do. But Tum it was it was interesting to watch him because he showed some flashes of brilliance at times where he got in the lane and got in perfect position, and then he'd just pass it right out where he could be more aggressive and put it right up and get fouled at least or get a layup. So while you would like to see him shoot more, he only shot, he only went one for three from the field for two points. But what I liked about him is that when he had the ball, he wasn't afraid to attack the hoop. He just kind of needs to learn how to finish. He's kind of like, smaller version of Matt Costello last year (laughs) where he'd get the ball get down low into good position and just would never look at the basket so he can set up his teammates really well he set up Dawson really well in the second half for a huge Mm -hmm. slam so flashes of brilliance but Michigan State really needs him to score just a little bit more off the bench to give teams another guy just to look at offensively
1: all right so here's and I am stealing this almost entirely from uh, Rico Beard, um, who is a Detroit uh, sports radio person um, who covers Michigan State basketball, because I heard him talking about this after the Navy game. And I, it really upsets me when people come up with analogies that I should have thought of on my own. <laughs> um, but he pointed out the fact that, first of all, Tom Tum is so fast. His feet are so quick. Um, that's what makes him such a good defender. That's what makes him so good as a point guard is he runs that ball up. So He runs it up faster than anybody else on the team. I got to get a stopwatch so I can start timing how fast that ball gets up there because it is wicked quick. Now, uh, and because of that quickness, he can get to the hole, and he can get past the one-on-one matchup at the top of the key. Why he doesn't want to just throw it at the rim blows my mind.
0: It's frustrating to watch
1: because, and this is where Rico came in to 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 put thoughts in my head that should have already been there. Basically, he just has to watch some tape of Kalen Lucas mm-hmm. because that is a guy who completely and totally made a living going to the hoop and getting hit.
0: I could see that. 100%, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and
1: that's why, like, uh, you your face right now is the same one that I made when I was. Listening to this conversation between t- two sports writers, I was like, "Oh my god, that's dead on!" <laughs> and it makes so much sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's so simple, and it's one of those things where he doesn't neces uh, he doesn't need to make any of those nope. yet. The more he goes up and throws the ball at the basket, though, it's just trial and error. You figure out how you got to p- position your body and what spin to put on the ball so that when you get hit in that spot you know how to put it up in the gla- or off the glass and get and one mm-hmm.
0: and Michigan state right now isn't really depending on him at all to Correct. score so going down there and throwing those shots up with the hope of getting fouled that's not going to hurt the team much at all mm-hmm. when when you're going from not looking at the basket at all like zero i don't think his eyes ever saw the rim sometimes where he'd get just i could just Picture him getting in the perfect position, making a nice move to drive into the lane, and then just kicking it out every single time, and you knew it was going to happen. So if I'm defenses, I just don't respect him that much anymore when he's driving down into the lane.
1: Well, and that's the problem, and that's what I saw I think once or twice against Navy, was he would get within four feet of the basket with a position to uh, put up a layup, and the defense would go to the second guy... He would, they they would go to the big man the the guy guarding um there would be no help they would leave it a one on one matchup all the way to the hoop because they knew he wasn't gonna throw it mm-hmm. he, they knew he was trying to pass it, and that's the problem is when defenses when defenses don't see you as even a possibility to put the ball towards the hoop that can't happen
0: no it's just like it's just like Matt Costello last year,
1: yep, it's yeah Ugh. Yeah, that was – so, yeah, just please start throwing the ball at the hoop when you get hit. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, Yeah, other than that, so last night, I mean, here's – okay, so I I wrote a column today basically telling everyone just relax about last night. Yes, it stunk. It would have been great if we could have another year where Michigan State's a top five powerhouse school forever and, you know, just wait until we can book our flight to the Final Four. But that's not what it is this year. And we've had years like this with Tom Izzo where this is still a very good basketball team. It's not a great basketball team yet, but this is a good basketball team. No one on the planet except for Anthony Serafino, I think, thought Michigan State might win that game last night.
0: Did he really think we were going to win? He picked
1: Michigan State by five. Oh, my God. Which I – I went on the uh, the pact on Monday, our our FM show, and and yeah, talked some basketball, and yeah, both Faith and I thought he was absolutely out of his mind. There was there was no chance Michigan State was win- going to win that game unless Payne came back for a day, mm-hmm. or Duke decided to start their practice squad because they're just too good. Yeah, I mean... but. Fino must have been Janst. When he yeah, he team. probably was. Uh, <laughs> But the thing that I wanted to know was how much worse is Michigan State than Duke? I know that Michigan State was worse. How much worse are they? It's, it's tough to say because
0: you don't have Javon Bess and you don't have Alvin Ellis. I think if those two players were in the game, you'd be looking at a – maybe a, a six five, six six-point loss right there. There is a definite gap. You look at Duke just on paper, looking at those names, they have way more talent. Oh, yeah. But Michigan State plays together really well, way better than I expected them to play coming into the season with so many new players and the same players moved around and being in completely different roles. I think Michigan State held their own 10 points, you never usually look at a ten point loss as a moral victory, but I think you do for this game because they—I think they played better than my expectations. But Duke was—they were just better. It Absolutely. was they—they they had to play a perfect game to win. Michigan State didn't, so they lost. But a ten point loss—I was not—I was obviously upset that we lost, but I was not nearly as upset as I would be for any other game this season that we lost. It, I was proud of the way we played, but there. But Duke just had too much talent.
1: Yeah, then, then I think Michigan State is is closer than I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. They're not that. They're not as far away from Duke as I thought they were, and that's why I think last night was a was a, a happy game for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. It stinks losing by ten to Duke, ever it stinks losing to Dukes. Stinks seeing Duke win ever and
0: against anybody.
1: Exactly, but. I will take a 10-point loss to Duke at this stage in the season. Duke's the number 4-ranked team in the country, and Michigan State is nowhere near a top-five team. But they stuck with one. Mm -hmm. And you can blame it on the neutral court. You can blame it on whatever. But the fact of the matter is this is not only a young Michigan State team. This is an injury-depleted Michigan State team. And I know you already touched on it with not having Bess and not having Ellis. This is a very different ballgame with those two. If for no other reason than it just helps the rotation. Mm -hmm. And Travis Trice probably doesn't have to play 34 minutes, and neither does Bryn Forbes doesn't need to see 30. And that's the biggest problem with not having Bess and Ellis. Apart from whatever talent they bring to the court, it's another body. And it is a more talented body. No offense to Colby Wallenman. (laughs) That's, I I would rather have them in the rotation than Colby, but as it stands right now, they, they're they not there, and and just by having them in the lineup would have made it easier for this Michigan State team.
0: Yeah, I don't think Tum Tum's really ready to play 21 no. minutes uh-uh. a game at all. He A couple times he looked kind of like a deer in the headlights. He's just, he's raw. He's a freshman. What do you expect? He's... What, eighteen years old? Mm-hmm. You can't just throw him into that kind of situation, his second game of his career, and expect him to do any more than really he did. So I I think they really need Ellison Best back.
1: And you know, that's the thing, is I, I like Tom Tom and he's he's a firecracker on the bench and he gets those guys going. But plain and simple, this game is different. And he you can see that he's figuring it out. And that's not to say that he's scared or anything like that, but it's just a tentativeness of figuring out the boundaries within with, within which he can work and is comfortable and can play a game that he's good at. Um, that's what he's working on right now. And, yeah, it's... But, yeah, 21 minutes is way too much uh, for Naren. And, but that's the spot Michigan State is in right now. And once... At least Alice is back. I don't see him being out much more than two, three games.
0: I think they'll probably take it a little bit easier on him and go a little slower since they have a couple of cupcakes That's coming true. up before they get into the teeth of the like the Orlando Classic where right. we could play Tennessee or Marquette and then most likely Kansas. They'll definitely have him back for those games. So I think they'll probably just, just kind of ease him back into the rotation. And I think hopefully... Best should be back around the Kansas game, wouldn't that be around a month? They're
1: saying, yeah. So
0: we could see him
1: back by then as well. Yeah. I'm really I said this to Blake over the weekend. This sounds weird and I never wish injury upon anyone, but I am kind of glad that Javon Best got injured before ever seeing any court action so that this wouldn't upset me so much. (laughs) Like right now I just never know what he could be – like, I have no idea how he's going to be.
0: So, ignorance is bliss. Exactly. Kind
1: of... That's okay. that's exactly where I'm at with this. So, can't wait for him to get back, I think. I don't know. But the the anticipation is made much easier by the fact that I've never mm-hmm. seen him play in a game before. So, yeah, Sparty's uh, – they're going to be fine. I, I really in, – in, as much as I feel like a homer saying it and, you know, just – It it seems like I'm trying to rationalize this. I really don't think a 10-point loss to Duke is that bad.
0: And honestly, I don't really think anybody's panicking yet. No. Losing to a much better Duke team, ranked 4 in the nation, and we're only 19. Yep. Only losing by 10, I think people are either indifferent or maybe somewhat okay with it. So I don't think Sparty Nation is really panicking, and there's a lot of bright spots to look at too. So I think when you get into March— this team could could be sneaky good if they, especially if they get on a roll.
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of question marks. That's that's really all it boils right down to. Mm-hmm. A lot of question marks, but Michigan State has a uh, has a little bit of a break here now. Um, they've got three games, through, yeah, three straight games, really. Um, they play one regular season game here in East Lansing against Loyola Chicago, uh, and then they start the Orlando Classic. The first game is played here in East Lansing um, and then moves down to Florida. Uh, for the remainder of the tournament, Michigan State plays Loyola, and then San- or for the Classic, they play Santa Clara, and then they play Ryder College. Um, hmm. uh, and then the next round they play the Georgia Tech or Marquette, and then in the championship, assuming they make it that far, they would play Kansas, Rhode Island, Santa Clara, or Tennessee, depending on how that goes. I'm excited. I I hope the good teams win so that mm-hmm. we can see. Because that's really all I'm at right now. Let's just see how Michigan State progresses. If every f- four games we can have a tough matchup and just... It's like a progress report, so we can slowly figure out how Michigan State is developing as a program. Mm-hmm.
0: I, it sounds weird, but I think I would be more okay with a loss to Kansas in the championship game than a win over Tennessee. I don't or, know. Kansas like is a
1: terrible basketball team uh, this year, apparently. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, they were playing against a professional team, so what do you expect? We'll,
1: we'll get to that in just a second, but go
0: ahead. I mean... Yeah, I mean it's it's good to see where your team's at and a loss if if it's a close loss to Kansas, it almost looks better on the resume than a win over a lesser team like Absolutely. Tennessee or anybody else in that tournament. But it's and it it is a good test for those younger players to get that big time experience that'll only help them even more once they get down to down the stretch in conference play and in the conference tournament.
1: And these are the kind of games, especially the Loyal and Santa Clara games that are here in East Lansing. Those are the kind of games that you like to, that you would, that I almost wouldn't mind them leaving Ellis out, getting Tum some reps and saying to him, you can be more than you are being right now. Mm-hmm. Now go apply that in a regular season game and grow from it. Um, Especially
0: since it's against the lesser competition where maybe if he makes a couple mistakes, it's not going to come back to make them lose. Exactly.
1: And that's the thing, is he can play a regular season game and not worried as much about it because, like you said, one turnover is usually not going to ruin a game against Santa Clara. Um, but uh, as we started to hint at before, I want to talk about this game real quick. Oof. The second game of the Champions Classic was ex- actually was exactly how I expected the Michigan State game to go. That was... This was much more what I saw happening in that matchup. Kentucky eh, I don't even want to say they beat Kansas. They they stole Kansas's lunch money, pushed them into the mud, and then stole their car
0: with their girl. Yes, with their
1: girl in the front seat. Kentucky beat the University of Can or Kansas University. 72 to 40 last <laughs> night. Now, that is the Michigan State game was a 4 versus a 19. Ken, Kentucky-Kansas was 72 to 40. Or not 72 to 40. Was a 1 versus 5 matchup. I got my numbers mixed up. That was a 1 versus 5 matchup. And they lost by 30 points. Now, the only way that that makes sense to me or so that means to me that Michigan State would lose by, what, 60? I think Michigan State would lose by 60 to Kentucky, if I'm doing that math correctly. I was
0: thinking about that when I read the score this morning because I obviously turned this game off at halftime because I knew it was only going to get worse. But I just felt a little bit better about ourselves that we didn't have to play this machine. It's It's the 31st NBA
1: team. It's insane how good they are. But first of all, let me... Let me say, nothing warms my heart more than seeing Bill Self just make some rock-solid halftime adjustments <laughs> to score 12 <laughs> points in the second half. 12 points in the second half, Blake Froling. That is awful for a basketball team. They made six shots from the field. They made at most six shots from the field.
0: 11 for 56.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's not real. You can't be that bad and just sit there and let it happen. Buffalo
0: was beating Kentucky in the second half of their game, and Kansas loses by thirty bajillion, <laughs> twelve points. And can we can we talk about this blue and white platoon stuff that Kentucky is running? Um,
1: oh, you. I'll let you start on this because. It was so gross to watch, but I know that you can get just as fired up about Calipari as I can get about Bill Self, so go for it.
0: Well, John Calipari, and I'm knocking him on this, but I'm not at the same time because (laughs) if I were coaching Kentucky, this is exactly how I would run the team. In case you don't know, he does what's called a platoon system where he has two separate groups, five players each, and he just rotates them every five minutes or so, and he does that for like the whole game, and then down the stretch he'll play the matchups or whatnot as needed. But he plays ten players consistently the whole game. And looking at this box store, it's ridiculous. You'd think that they lost by by a lot <laughs> when they're only when they're only uh, the high score was Dakari Johnson with eleven points, but. Ten players on their team played seventeen points or more, and it's just stupid how they can do that. If if I'm a, if I'm a good player, a five star recruit, and get contacted by Kentucky with a level playing field, forget all the quote unquote money, green handshakes, whatever you want to call it, that these players may or may not be getting. If I'm that player, why would I want to go into this system when you're gonna on any literally any other team? in the country if i'm playing for them i'm playing 30 minutes a game and i'm scoring 25 a game and you go to kentucky and you score 8 points a game and play 17 minutes a game and it's just disgusting to watch and he and one of the worst things is calipari gets this smug grin on his face <laughs> he says we don't call them subs we call them reinforcements Oh, he's just the worst. Oh, it's like he knows he's the worst, and he's just trying to get me riled up. <laughs> and let me tell you, it's working. <laughs> that's it. I I could go on, here's, but I'll, I
1: won't. Here's my takeaway from that game. Other than Bill Self being just an absolute disgusting excuse for X's and O's coach. Dear God. Oh, oh man, that's so bad. Anyway. Watching it. Speaking of in-game coaches, I don't know if Calipari will ever call another play, draw another thing on a whiteboard in a game ever again. No. Watching him watch his team last night was, I don't even know how to describe it. He was like, it was like he was impressed with what they were doing. Like, wow, these guys are as good as I thought they were. Did you see that over there? Holy cow, that guy jumped so high. <laughs> we are beating Kansas by so much. Hey, Bill, you want to come over later? We're having a team party because we kicked the snot out of you guys so bad. That's just, it's not fair almost. And I think, But I think you bring up a good point in that this team is so diluted. And I don't mean like delusional, I mean like diluted as in watered down, as in they don't get big numbers from anybody. So you make a very good point here. And I don't know if I would rather be in the machine that is Kentucky, obviously getting looked at because there's other good players around me or be somewhere else and have people come look just at me rather than being there because of everyone else Mm -hmm. that's around me. And that's a really interesting thing that I had never thought about before just now. And uh, I wonder if that – this is going to be something that we'd have to keep an eye on for – I think it'll start to precipitate a little bit maybe two, three years from now after you have a couple classes. Because this is only round two of full-on one-and-done system, I think, a system that's really, really committed to that. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember another team that has been strictly, we're going to bring in the best freshmen for a year, see what they can do, and then send them on their way.
0: And two interesting stats I learned from watching the game last night. Talking about this, this whole diluted system, Anthony Davis in 2012 won the Naismith Player of the Year Award, number one overall pick in the NBA draft. He was fifth on the team in shots attempted wow. in 2012. Fifth? Wow. That's just – you don't hear that for the player of the year, fifth on the team. And the second interesting fact I learned while listening to ESPN was that if you take the average height of Kentucky, they're not only the tallest in NCAA, all divisions, they would be the second tallest team in the NBA, okay? That doesn't even make any sense. No. I don't know. That's – it's mind-boggling, honestly. The Portland Trail Blazers, by the way, if you're wondering, are the only other team that's taller than them. And they showed the stats, and it's by about 0.2 inches. It's not that <laughs> much of a difference. It's the the average height is 6'10. Okay, that is just. Do we? Does Michigan State even have someone that's 6'10? Uh, no. No, exactly. And it's just not fair. And I'm afraid of them. <laughs> and. I am so glad that we got them last year instead of this year. Uh,
1: Yeah. Kentucky, I'm not going to play around with the undefeated thing because that's that's one thing that people have been saying a lot uh, about the Kentucky team, and I think they could. I don't think they will because that's such a hard thing to do Mm -hmm. in college basketball. Winning on the road is so tough. It just seems so
0: weird that the 2005 Illinois team— yeah was able to do it, of, yeah. of all the teams that you think of that maybe have a chance right that it, team was
1: sick, but, yeah um yeah it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see how they progress throughout the season because beating Kansas, the number supposedly the fifth best team in the nation, absolutely embarrassing them is is a major statement early in the season, but Kentucky lost their Champions Classic matchup last year and ended up in the ship. So we will see how that progresses, and we will see how all of it carries out as we uh, carry on in this season. As I said uh, earlier, Michigan State plays its next game against the University or Loyola University Chicago uh, this Friday uh, here in East Lansing. Tip is scheduled for seven o'clock. Uh don't really have a scouting report on Chicago uh Loyola Chicago. Uh, I can tell you that it's a pretty nice university. I know some people mm-hmm. that go there, all good people. Uh other than that, I don't think Michigan State should have a problem with this team. We said that about Navy though and well, saw how that worked. So, um this is a this is a prog- this is a process. This is not instant gratification for Michigan State mm-hmm. like we've enjoyed in the past. This is uh this is where you test how much you like Michigan State basketball because this is going to be an easy team to for, uh, to give up on, mm-hmm. but they're going to make you sorry if if you do. Um, you got anything else for us this week, Blakey? Well, one another bright spot you could look at if you're looking for bright spots
0: is looking beyond the box score a little bit, seeing how Marvin Clark Jr. played against Ooh. Duke. He Ooh. he did pick up four fouls, but. When he was in there, he did look like he really played bigger than his 6'6 six, six frame. Is that what he, he they list six, him as? He 6'6, yep. He played a lot bigger than that. He had two offensive rebounds, which was really impressive, and the commentators were actually raving about him, talking about how good he looked in the limited amount of playing time he got. And I think if he continues to develop like that, we saw in Navy, he's got a good outside shot as well. He could be a lot better than people's expectations coming into the season.
1: I uh I'm gonna do this um because why not take out two in one season? No. Uh no, no I already hitched my ride to it. Oh, okay. I already hitched my I've already thrown this one out there. So this is not a new prediction. I just don't know uh what it's what's gonna happen once I say it on here. I've already put it onto the Twitter sphere and FM airwaves, so uh I think Marvin Clark is going to be an all American by his junior year. Wow. Old prediction. Yeah. Um, and I don't even think that's much of a stretch because the guy's huge. He's massive. six six, stronger than Brandon Dawson. Um, can shoot well from outside. I don't know. Has he missed a three-pointer in the regular season yet?
0: Mm, I think def- he went... You have to check Elias Sports Bureau for that one. I'm pretty
1: sure he went two for two oh, no. at Navy. He missed, and...
0: he missed one. He missed a three pointer.
1: Oh, okay, last right. night. so he missed one last night, but still shoots it fairly well. And and it it doesn't look like he's getting lucky throwing it into the hoop. Looks like he knows what he's doing. And once he figures out a post game and how to use that massive size. And that's why I love that he's working with Brandon Dawson, a guy who's built similar to him Mm -hmm. and can show him, listen, you don't have to be 6'10 to go in amongst the trees. This is how you utilize the body that you have. I think he will do that, and that's why I think in a couple years he's going to be one of the marquee players for Michigan State basketball. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we we hope. Or next game he's going to have his hamstring. Fly out the back of his leg and
0: see. It's, pro- it's probably why Derek Rose hurt his knee twice, right? Because you were ta- you must have been talking about him to somebody.
1: Well, of course I was talking about him. He was the MVP, and in- okay, no, you're now you just push my button. It's gonna get me all fired up. We don't have time for this. This has been the impact zone. My name is Andrew Hayes. We're done for this week. Uh, if you have any questions for us, think we screwed up. Think we should do something better. Tweet at us. Mine is at IzoneHaze22. Blake's is at B B Frolling, the remix version. Uh, we'll be back next week, talk about some more of these uh, small-time matchups, keep you updated on all that's going on in and around college basketball. Thank you very much for listening, wishing you a very happy week. Stay warm and go green.